Welcome to the Tuning In Podcast, where we talk alignment, intuition, and our internal guidance system. We cover woo-woo topics in an approachable and practical way. I'm your host, Dana Evans of Alignful.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tuning In Podcast. This is episode 110 and I am interviewing Elizabeth Ralph, the spiritual investor, someone who I just adore and love and am so inspired by. I really look up to her as it comes to wealth management, her insights, her intuition, and her deep understanding of both the masculine and feminine side of money and how to truly amplify your money, whether you're making a small amount right in your mind or an abundance of money. It doesn't actually matter. For her, it's really about your relationship and understanding the energetics of money and then putting that to work through systems and structures. So I am so excited and honored to have her on. Our conversation, you'll see, we hadn't hit record. (laughs) So it kind of just starts. So bear with us. It's very organic, very fluid. I'm sharing my own stories. I talk about some really interesting topics and ask her questions that just come up and that I feel like would be helpful for other people to hear as well. Some of the things that we talk about is the difference. The main topic of this episode is really about having a scarcity or lack mindset, whether you were raised in that environment or it's something that you developed along the way through living in society. But we really talk about that and what it means to move to an abundance mindset. And more importantly, why neutrality around money is actually what we're looking for. So we talk a lot about that in this episode. We talk about what your values and self-identity say about your money story. We talk about closeted money, (laughs) which is a topic I brought up. We talk about what the energy of money really is, how and what it means to amplify your money, why you aren't separate from money, yet you tend to keep yourself that way, and how to accelerate your wealth. (laughs) All really amazing topics. This is about an hour episode, so if it feels important to break that up, listen to it in chunks, I welcome you to do that. But I really welcome you to listen to all of it. We end on like a really punchy note, which is really fun. And we also share that Elizabeth has a free wealth building series. So she's done this before. She does this every year and it's called the wealth series. Okay. And this is the lead into her spiritual investor program, which I have been in for three or four years and continue to evolve in this program. I, I cannot recommend this program enough. Like for anyone who is feeling either like money is out of reach for them or the money world in the world of investing is out of reach or that's too masculine or that they need more money in order to get in the game 
Or if you live on the more spiritual side where you're like, I'm just going to visualize abundance and hope it all works out. And I just want to manifest money. This program really merges the two in a really practical and intuitive way, which of course is why I love it. (laughs) So I really invite you to this free video series because, I mean, Elizabeth retired, by the way, at age 39. She retired from the financial world and has since then created her ranch. We've had her on the, the podcast before. She has her ranch where they rescue horses and she lives such a nurturing life where she's allowed herself through her money management and investing and intuition to live a life that she is in love with. And you can watch that life more on Instagram at Elizabeth Ralph. That's E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H Ralph, R-A-L-P-H. And all of this is linked in the show notes, but she really embodies that and shows her life like on the farm right? And then she's talking about investment tips and talking about markets to watch. Like it's so amazing. So I love that. And the series kicks off on the magical day of 2-22-22. So go ahead and use the link in the show notes and you will be able to join this free series. Okay. So that is I think all I wanted to share, but just to clarify, yeah, 222 is when the three-part free wealth building, wealth <laughs> building series starts, okay? And you can join that with my link. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Dana underscore Evans. But otherwise, this episode is so good. Like, it's so candid. I share some really deep things about myself and my experience. And... Elizabeth just has the most intuitive, magical way to talk about money. And I hope that by the end of the episode, one, you'll have signed up for her free wealth building series because heck yeah, who doesn't want that? (laughs) And two, you'll have the feeling that I usually have after speaking with Elizabeth, which is that money is not only possible in my life and an abundance of money and wealth and investing, but it's probable. She has such a deep understanding and connection to wealth and money, and she radiates that, and we all get to absorb that when we are in her energy, whether it's in her program, The Spiritual Investor, in her wealth series, in our podcast interviews, on her Instagram. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. Yeah. So we're talking about like, so we have the wealth side and then we have, you were talking about like the lack side, what, right? Mm-hmm. Well, my family, I have members of my family who are very lack based. Mm-hmm. So that's, what's interesting. And then you also see people who are grow up with nothing, who are very wealthy minded. So it really comes down to um, that. It's the advantage that I have is that I don't get fussed up about money. So I really don't care when I work with someone, if they have 10 million or a thousand, because I practice money neutrality. It's, it doesn't affect me. Right. 
that's what people are driving for. And that is more attached to self-identity than it is background. If your self-identity is attached to your background and you're growing up, then fine. But if you have, if your self-identity is not attached to that, then it frees you up because a lot of spiritual people feel like they're moving towards money neutrality and feel like they're practicing it because they say money flows through me. I don't care about money. I don't value money, right? You hear that all the time. Yes, they do. (laughs) They get upset if they don't have a good launch or Mm -hmm. something like that. So I think we have to stop pretending. Okay. Ooh, okay. Oh, I have like so many thoughts. It's hard to capture them when I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? You know what brought this all up for me? this is, it's been coming together because from since Sedona in our conversations and like this big breakthrough that I had of the idea that <laughs> this weird belief that I had that wealthy people don't have problems. And it was shocking to find out that they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and from then the further understanding that Kimi helped me see was like, if you don't believe wealthy people have problems, but you want to help people with wealth, like come back to that spiritual place and detach further. How could you, that's incongruent because you don't think they have problems and you have a problem to solve. And it was like, Ah, so good. So so good. good. And then I further, um, I have, well, I have multiple clients who are making multiple six figures a year which created an initially fear within me. Like, how can I help them? Cause I'm not. And then I further came to find out, which literally it's hard to explain how much this blew my mind. I came to find out that they're afraid of losing the money they've made. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but you have the money. Where are the problems that you like? And so it was like them having more money for them almost raised the stakes to tuning in mm-hmm. and to listening to their inner voice and following the release because the release for them is releasing of the attachment to money, right? It's like they've created wealth and they're in this space of wealth, but they're still in the scarcity lack mindset, which is what you just spoke to about with some of your family members. And that was so hard for someone who grew up with lack and scarcity mindset that was really mind breaking because my view was that money would solve all of that. Mm -hmm. If I just had more money then. And so now I understand so deeply that I get to create wealth from the detached place, from the ease, from my inner voice guiding me without the fear because I don't, my stakes aren't as high. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I just get to create it. And so that's like completely transformed my, I mean, it's completely transformed things for me, like already in how I'm seeing money. And it's unbelievable. How are you seeing that sort of come up in your life now after the Sedona trip? So can I read you something? Yes. Okay. I was writing to my inner voice the other day. And this was after I just, so I just returned home from the mountains 20, uh, from Buena Vista. And I had some like deep 
serious lessons and deep clarity that came through there. And one of them was just this need uh, for space and nature, which is always what it comes back to for me, but something shifted internally. And here's what I wrote. And I think this is so perfect. And then my inner voice further like extrapolated on this. But what I wrote was more trust and allowing. I truly believe that the more time I spend in nature and present with myself, the more abundance and opportunities I will attract, the more open I will be to receive and allow all of the magic and unexpected delight to flow my way because I am in the flow when I am in nature. Nature is flow. Money is flow. I am nature. So when I immerse myself in my natural habitat, I become flow and energy flows to and through me with ease and joy. And that feels true to me now. Wow, that is huge. That's huge because you know what? A lot of times people read or they write something or whatever, and then they they don't truly believe it though they want to. But the fact that that's, that's truly true to you is everything. Yeah, and I would say like a difference in this because I've done, and, and this comes up, right? It's like the people who, the spiritual money approach, it's like, it, there's still a lot of work and like, I'm like attracting money and I've done all the workbooks and I've done this. I've done a lot of doing around money. Mm-hmm. And as I was journaling, like this wasn't me writing money affirmations. This was me reflecting on truths and lessons that I learned from my trip away. And this one came through and I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Because my inner voice has said a lot about this in the past. It's like play. It's like use chalk, draw, run, skip. Like, and it's such a projector thing too. It's like my, my life is to be about play. And that's also my key to abundance. But it's so, the mind, it's so not what we are taught. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, I believe, like, it's hard to even see evidence of that. Right. Even the people who are in ease now, it's like, well, you worked so hard to get there and now you can be in ease. And so to, to write that reflection and to just feel that, like it brings me to tears because it's like, is this what we're doing in life? <laughs> can it feel this good? And since then too, like, and since Sedona, I've noticed my, my thoughts. And I, I actually would like to ask you about this too, is I have like, we have our repetitive thought tracks and one of them is like fear, random fear about money. Like, oh my God, I I still have that debt or, oh my God, am I going to be able to pay for this? Oh my God. Like these little panic moments that just shows up out of the blue. And those are like neutralized. I'm like, where would they go? Mm -hmm. You know, I really feel like, and this is more of like a global answer than anything, but because I feel like you're really touching upon something that's important. And I think that a lot of people are feeling this at a different level. And if they can see themselves even as an inkling of sort of through the story that you just told, um, I really feel like that we are literally going through an upgrade system-wise, all of us. And that we all deep down are realizing now that everything is about managing your energy. And if everything is about managing our energy, which we can see evidence from, then 
how can there be any difference than the energy of money and the energy of emotion and the energy of all of that? There can't be. If you truly believe that, so it's like basing the truth of one belief, water falls into the truth of another belief. And you are our living proof of knowing and embodying that. And I think it's so valuable because once again, it's, and as we're having this conversation about like the lack and the scarcity and the wealth and energy and all of that, we're told that all the time in some form, but to know it as truth and to live it and to experience it and to be an example of that truth. I think you're at the forefront of people are needing to see that so that they can start trusting what they already know to be true. Yeah. Like I agree with you. And I think that one of the things that people have to realize is that it could be that they're in the hardest period of the journey. And when I say hardest period, like there's, I look at like people's money journey as being like two different spectrums. I almost think of it like a colored band on the bottom and then like a different color on top. And so like when you're still in that point where you need that launch to go well in order for you to pay the bills or even the credit cards that you've racked up from Facebook ads, because that's where people get themselves into a trap is there's a lot of this, Oh, just extend, you know, um, money's cheap. Just go ahead and do all this. And so what it does is it creates a real like um, conundrum because the reality is we're responsible people and we don't want to have to not pay a bill or something, right? That's a sense of integrity. And people, you don't want people to change who they are. You shouldn't ask them, right? So it's like, there's no way to circumvent falling into scarcity at some level. But we can also recognize and honor that that is a difficult time, but it's also a temporary time. And the amount of time that you spend in that is going to be directly correlated to how much time you're able to also spend in money neutrality. Now, you mentioned that nature was money neutrality. And so a lot of times when I work with people, they're like, I feel so in the vibe. I feel so in the money vibe. I know I can feel this is the point of opening. But then what happens is something, they get a bill in the mail. Like someone the other day was like, my electricity bill is supposed to be $150. It's $450. It wasn't even that she couldn't pay it. It was her relationship with the fact that the electricity bill was not supposed to be $450 that changed that vibration for her, right? So it's okay to really move around on the spectrums. It's being easy on yourself that what you're doing is you're moving towards spending more time on the money vibration. And it's not, it it actually doesn't have to be all at once. I love that. Yeah, and I've had, like even recently, I had a client say, I had this unexpected bill And I don't have the money to pay it, but she actually, she does have the money to pay it, but the mind has such a connection with like money out as being bad that it's actually created a belief in a story that it doesn't have the money. Yes. Yes. I see that a lot where people, um, 
they are so lack based that they can't actually the information comes in and it sort of goes through a lack filter. You know, you see this a lot too with people who keep money in a lot of different accounts. Yeah. So that I'm is raising a, my hand, everyone. <laughs> yeah. So unless there is a specific reason for that, like profit first, which is, you know, you would think moving you more towards an abundant minded mindset. No, this whole, like I have uh, $500 in this account and 8,000 here and 2000 there as a way to c- create this fictitious abundance is crap. <laughs> and for me too. And I've, I have actually been slowly um closing out the extra accounts yeah. and bringing like I, I can't even tell you like I was like oh I have money there it <laughs> used to be right a way of like surprising myself with money and almost like hiding money from myself mm-hmm. and because something we've talked about Elizabeth has been on the podcast before and I think I shared this is there was this deep mistrust that I had of myself with money And so I almost felt like I needed to hide it. And I mean, you think about that, right? It's like, it's like hiding your girlfriend in the closet. Like it's like you're, it's, it's, it's closeted money and you're not letting it be seen and recognized and appreciated and, or having any role or purpose in your life, except to be like there as like a hidden source of surprise. Yeah, exactly. And money is a relationship. So if you think about it, if you've got these secrets that every time you meet your friend for dinner and you're like, oh, I got to remember, you know, I've got the secret. I'm not going to be, you know, talking about this. That affects the entire relationship. So this whole secret stash kind of thing. So, and, you know, clarity with money is one of the, that is just such low hanging fruit. Like I get it. People don't want to look at their money. You and I've talked about this before about how you have felt like, you didn't even want to go back into, you know, why not the money management system or whatever, because you didn't want that feeling, you know? So clarity with it. Um, it's, it's not saying you did anything wrong or right, but at least understanding the cash in and the cash out. That's, that's the easy part. That's a low hanging fruit. People don't use, you know? Yeah. And so for example, what do you see as the value? So if it was someone like me who had money in a bunch of different accounts, we didn't want to look at their accounts, right? And it was coming from like this fear of it not being enough of what they want there. What is the value of consolidating the accounts and getting clarity on just the basics of in and out? What is the value? What would that give someone like me? I mean, I'm not fully that person anymore, but who is looking to understand that relationship differently with money? Well, I think uh, the first thing would be to really get, you know, down to the answer within yourself. And this is where your inner voice uh, training comes in and people working with you are able to, to really de- delve deeper into things like this. Cause what's important is why are you putting the money in different accounts? You know, Um, for a lot of people, they're putting money in different accounts because they feel like if it's all in one account, they're going to spend it or something could happen that bank could collapse or something like that. What it typically goes back to is, is the uncovering of some type of lack belief. And that lack belief isn't just 
applying to that account, that lack belief is likely weaving through your entire life and creating other lack beliefs. So it's sort of like you attack that one, then you've sort of like attacked the others as well, because it does force you to step into more responsibility. If you've got all the money coming in one account. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, what I'm hearing is it's not just make more money, right? Someone with a lack mindset, perhaps. And again, we, we we'll go into this a little further, but my experience at least has been the answer is just to make more money. But what I'm hearing from you is if this is about a relationship, right? If this is about an underlying lack belief and fear, then making more money doesn't necessarily solve the problem of not having enough money. It doesn't, but it's really hard for people to hear that because it's one of those things where like you were talking about, like, you know, the thing you talking about in nature, like now you, you know that that's a truth to you. So for most people, they're like, yeah, yeah, it sounds great. But if I had a million dollars, I would have no problems. Right. The funny thing is going back to the accounts, like uh, if someone said, Hey, Dana, I'm going to send you a million dollars. Would you, would you say, let me give you six account numbers? No, <laughs> you would give them one account number and you would feel just fine about it. So all I really want to see it all in one account, actually. Okay. I mean, that feels exciting. <laughs> so, okay. You're, so what you're saying is your behaviors would be different if you're coming from a place of abundance, right? Mm-hmm. So let's see, you've caught yourself with the lack there, right? <laughs> so it's like, it's like, that's the ironic part about all of this is that people are like, oh, well, I need to wait to manage my money or start investing or anything like that until I make more money. It's ironic because investing is a vehicle to make more money. So you're waiting for something to happen so that you can make more money. But if you're not managing the money, then you're not going to even know the evidence that's ever going to even show up in your life to say, I have made enough money to cross this new bridge, especially if it's all spread out all over the place. You're still going to have that same lack belief. So you're never actually going to circle back to investing, which is the implication of money, which is saying yes to the universe. I'm ready for more. It's literally creating another channel. I mean, investing is the conceptual version of compound interest. Compound interest is the mathematical side. Uh, investing and saying yes to that, opening these accounts is like saying, okay, I'm energetically supporting that, this exponential growth of money for me. But the only way to get there is to detach yourself from two things, from the amount and from your self-identity, what it means if you don't know the right answer, because people don't invest because they say to me all the time, I don't invest because I don't know my next step. Well, There's a lot of free financial information out there. We can all Google how to open an account, but people still don't do it. Why don't they do it? Because it's their relationship with what it's going to mean about them if they open the account and they lose money. Yeah. And that's where I think your work. So Elizabeth, also known as the spiritual investor, is, you know, we're not just, we're really not talking about in this conversation of like doing a launch or earning more salary. Like it's really about this underlying experience and relationship to money, having the wealth versus the scarcity mindset, what that means. 
and what it means to amplify your money. And it's funny, as you were saying, like putting the money in, interestingly, I've had, my dad taught me about investing early on. So like, even though we didn't have a ton of money. He was like, you need, he was like, you need to be set up. We want you to, you know, understand compound interest. Interestingly though, I did that all the years since I was like 17, my brother got the same information as me and he didn't. Now he's in an interesting place where he's making a ton of money now, like his whole life, he never made more than like $30,000. And he's like, I don't know, 40 um, almost 40. And now he's in, he found his purpose. He found his passion (laughs) and he's in this job making a ton of money. So now he's pouring into investing. So it's interesting to see like the difference between like, I never hadn't yet made like a, a lot of money, but I continued to put the little amounts in. And then he's, you know, never put the amounts in, but now that he's making a lot of money, he's investing, which is almost exactly what you described of like, we want to wait until we we see that. But with the investing conversation, and, and then I'll let you reflect on this is John, my husband has always said to me with like exercise, he's like, sometimes you got to give energy to get energy. And that's exactly what it feels like the way you speak about investing. It's like, we're putting in to the market and into our accounts as it's like a trust ticket. It's like, I'm going to put this energy in and it's giving me energy back, not just like in the accumulation of money, which goes up and down, but in this trust relationship that I'm, I'm saying like, I trust you enough to put this energy into you. Yes, you're right. It is a trust relationship. And it is, you know, part of that is you're not going to understand every step. That's part of the whole trust thing. Um, You know, another part of this, I think, is us like being real about the fact that we set the bar for ourselves. So like, why is it that like we can look online and we can see someone with like a beautiful car? And we can feel FOMO about that, right? We're like, oh gosh, you know, what did they do? Or they sold an NFT for $500,000. And why didn't I do that? And all this stuff, like, why do we feel FOMO about that? But we know without question that if we were to invest $500 a month for 30 years, we'd be a millionaire. Why don't we feel FOMO about that? Uh, that's like, we, we have to change the conversation with our, within ourselves and we have to set the bar higher, just like we're doing in our own lives right now. We're setting the bar higher. We're energetically changing and it, it should be where every dollar that comes in, a certain percentage should go to work for you. That's just it. And once you shift into that thinking, you don't accept anything less. No different than you go to the grocery store. And if you've decided that you want to feed your kids organic food or eat organic food, you don't think about it anymore because it's your value system. So is money something that you're basing your decisions on circumstance or is money truly representing your internal value system? And what's that value system? Oh my gosh. 
this is such, I remember years ago, I was in this program and the, the guy had us do a values quiz. And he's like, if money isn't in your top three values, you're screwed. Like, sorry, you have to value money, which we, we talked about this before we started recording. So I'd love your perspective is in so many ways that goes against what we're taught of like money doesn't buy happiness. Like money isn't everything. Um, right. But then we think, oh, so I, I shouldn't be valuing money. So money goes to the bottom of our list because we feel like we're bad if we put money above other things. So how do you see that relationship between valuing money and like holding money to some sort of standard that is outside of yourself? Yeah, this is such a great question. And this actually, I think, is one of these things that we're just, is, this is almost like the new understanding, almost like the next level that we're going to with money. Um, so when you talk about people's values, the thing is like, that's not an all-encompassing conversation because there's values and then there's self-identity. And so that person that you were talking about was right. Your value system, he said, should be money. I would argue that your value system is money. Everyone wants to be able to uh, have enough money so that they can live and not have to worry about paying their bills. Everybody wants to give to other people and help other families. Everybody wants to feed their kids. Money is your value system. And if you're denying that or not admitting that money is your value system, then there's something going on with money and your self-identity. Because what's happened is, especially spiritual people, which is the reason that I work only with spiritual people, one of the reasons I'll say, is because they're the ones that are on the short end of the stick of this. Because they have been really, really just inundated with this, oh, well, if you're thinking about the money, then you're not a good person, or you shouldn't be charging that, or you should be doing this for free, or money doesn't mean anything to me. Money flows through me, all of this stuff, right? So if you're seeing money as not a part of your value system, then what you're actually saying, and this is funny because it's kind of like you talked earlier about you sort of like a, a reverse relationship cleared everything up, like in Sedona with you and like when the Kimi thing, right? So if you are not seeing money as part of your self-identity, because money is abundant energy, then who are you? Like you're actually, your self-identity is what is broken, not money. Money is just a vehicle. And so if you have gotten entangled in this whole idea of greedy, you know, money is evil and people have to be greedy and they have to do all of this, then you're not actually uh, acknowledging the fact that kindness and love comes from within and that it's not the money that's causing those people to be that way. It's that they're not allowing kindness and love to flow through them. And what the hell does that have to do with you? 
Oh my gosh. I'm yawning actually in the background. I yawn a lot when it's like my body's processing and I'm like, Whoa, this is, this is a lot. So here's a question. Um, this just popped up. So I don't know if it's related, but people might literally be asking right now. Okay. Well then if I'm a loving person who has an abundance of love in all these other areas of my life, and there are a lot of people who are, you know, mean spirited on some level, why are they wealthy and rich? And I'm not like, how can, how can those people get really rich and so many good people get stuck low on the totem pole. (laughs) Well, uh, how do we know that so many greedy asshole people get rich and other people get stuck low on the totem pole? Or is that just our perception of the way that it is? Because if you look at uh, most of the nonprofits are actually supported by very kind, generous, loving billionaires. So it's what we're choosing to see. And I know the media, of course, has something to do with this, but it's just proliferating our uh, attachment to, um, to stay small. And I think that it, it creates fear in people. And I think that also the, you know, people are always saying, how come they don't teach this stuff in schools and all that? Well, honestly, it's much more convenient for our economy if people feel like they have to work 45 years. But if you look at the numbers, you can be strategically very smart with your money and work 12. But, you know, it works better as a society. Yeah, dropping truth bombs over here. (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing that I see is you know, me playing that part of like, well, what about all the rich people is to me, it creates more divide and separation. Yeah. And like, I, and then it, I think of that sometimes it creates this or like the, you know, I might see the separation and divide and then it creates like this kind of gripping need to have that which as you were talking about, then creates this really intense attachment to what it means. Yeah. So how do you see, I mean, detachment as a whole, right. is like this whole, this whole topic, but when you talk about money neutrality, like how can someone understand what it feels like to feel detached and neutral about money even if they maybe don't have all of their financial needs met yet? Well, I think you can think of it a bit like, do you know how Abraham Hicks talks about the cork that rises to the surface? And like, we're actually the cork and we're supposed to be floating on top, but we do all these things that sort of drags ourselves down. So, and this ties in kind of what we're saying before about like rich, greedy people. And then like, you know, the kind poor people, right? So the interesting thing is that most people don't realize that the richest people in the world are not the ones that are on Forbes wealthiest lists. Those are just the richest people in the world who haven't been able to buy their way off of that. The richest people in the world don't want you to know who they are. And so money got like chills, chills, chills. Go on. 
Money neutrality is the most important principle of all when it comes to unlimited abundance. And they practice money neutrality because they've risen above, right? There's no need to drive the uh, Bentley or whatever. There's no need to put the $35 million house on the market and publish it in a magazine or whatever. Now, I'm not saying that that's bad. Um, really none of this is good or bad as long as it's not attached to your self-identity. Now, those people who are putting the $35 million home on the market could still be in money neutrality. It depends on if they're, if that's part of who they are, you know what I'm saying? Like we can still play that role. And sometimes people play roles for the benefit of other people. Entrepreneurs sometimes talk about their business when they don't even really want to, but they know it's going to help someone else, right? So in terms of this, like, how do you practice money neutrality? Because the money, money neutrality is actually what's going to, you know, knowing that's going to, that's going to lift you and keep rising you from the surface. How do you practice that when you've got bills coming in the door, right? I think, is that, is that your question? Or is it, how do you practice it if you've sort of grown up and you have kind of a lack mentality? Let's say, let's do it for the sake of like, if you have a a lack mentality. So, because I think that could show up with whether or not you have bills that you can or can't pay, you might still not feel neutral about them. So it's like in relation to, if you understand that you might have a little bit more of a lack mentality with money, how can you find more neutrality? Because I think what happens, or at least this is again, what I've experienced is it's like, I go from trying, I've gone from the lack mentality. I'm aware that I have this to money flows to me easily. Like I love money, money loves me. And I, I just try to jump to an, an abundance wealth mentality. What do you think caused that shift for you? Well, I, well, what I mean is in the past, like all the books I've read about money are all like, well, you have to think in a wealth mentality. Mm-hmm. And so I, I found that I was trying to switch from the lack mentality to the wealth mentality, which was like, it's like saying the affirmations, but not believing them mm-hmm. because I wasn't getting to the root cause. And I actually think it might be easier to transition to a neutrality mm-hmm. instead of trying to frog leap from lack to abundance. You're exactly right. And, but as, as long as you realize that money neutrality doesn't mean you don't care. Yeah. Neutrality means that you're looking for uh, the opening because effectively, if we tie this into spiritual principles, money neutrality is the present moment. So the result, when you want a hundred thousand dollars, that's in the future. Money neutrality is what can I do right now in order to move me forward on that? Not even thinking that about the amount. So the way that you can actually start to practice that is to rise above the amount. So let's say the bill comes in, you've got the $450 electricity bill, disconnect yourself from the amount and say, am I able to pay this? Yes. No. If the answer is no, What is the next action step that I need to take? Or maybe it will be paid for and I just pay it in a week. You know, 
you have to actually, Abraham Hicks talks about this in terms of go general, because what happens is we get so stuck in the details and the details are what hold us down, right? They're pulling that cork down. And so you can start to practice money neutrality, which if you think about it is putting you in the exact same frame of mind as that billionaire in the penthouse. Is the billionaire in the penthouse worried about the electricity bill? No. They're like, is it paid? Is it not paid? So you're, what you're doing is you're creating the same decision matrix and energy as the billionaire, but you're practicing it now. And that ease and that allowing is what is actually bringing you more because it's just like, you're going to make a better decision on how to pay that bill, how to get that $450 if you're in money neutrality versus you're, if you're in a frenzy, right? We all do that. You see that like you see like on the movie and you see the, the woman who's like screaming and, and you're like, oh my God, the robber's going to get her because she's just doing nothing but screaming. And then there's the other one who's like climbing out the window. So you're like, you're leveraging the fact that you want to be clear-minded. You want to be in the present moment and to practice that in it. It actually, the reason they see, the reason that they say that you want to feel ease with money, it's, it's kind of like, I look at it the other way. Like it's, easier to feel ease with money. So why wouldn't you choose that? But you do have to trust that process. Yeah, the trust. And it's so true. I mean, and this really applies, right? And it makes sense because as you said, from the get-go is money is energy, right? You're like, that's, that's kind of this truth. And so when we think about our energy, even in, I mean, this is just a classic talk about the mind is the mind wants to obsess and project into undesired futures. Like that's, it's so good at that. But in any situation, we're always going to be better equipped to settle into the now. And so I've always experienced this. It's like money lives here. And then all my other spiritual practices live here in a separate container. And that's where you have helped me understand the merging of them. Yeah. Cause there is no difference. And I think once you realize that there's no difference in money and emotions and spirituality and all of this stuff we already practice, then it also doesn't feel like something outside of you. So already you've brought it in because when you realize that money is the same thing, then you're like, well, you know, I have a to-do list or I have certain things I do in my business. Well, I have certain things I do with my money. You've disconnected that relationship with it once you start seeing it the same, which is actually creating a new relationship with it because we're always either recreating the past or we're creating new with the future. And so the disconnection of the relationship, seeing it as the same, it sort of forces you to create new ideas with it. It sort of forces you to break the mold and do things in a different way. That's how you're actually going to accelerate your wealth is by doing things in a completely new way with money. Because if you were going to, if the things you were, were working before, you would already have the money, right? So part of it is the breaking process. So, so yeah, so the neutrality seeing it same, and, but owning that and, and stepping into that and going, am I practicing money neutrality? I, so many of the students come back and they love sharing examples of how they're seeing 
money neutrality work for them. And I absolutely, I love it, right? That's like my favorite thing to hear. So once you start recognizing it in the moment, you're like, wow, that situation toned out amazing. I was practicing money neutrality. That's all you need. Then it's just you repeat the process over and over. Well, and it feels like that's very important because, right, the question that people might be asking is, okay, well, if I understand I'm in this lack and scarcity, how do I, and I understand it's these repetitive beliefs, how do I break that? And what I heard from you in the simplest way is despite the discomfort, even if you don't have the trust yet, it's like taking those micro and macro actions that put you into this different space, like opening the investment account, right? Mm-hmm. Choosing to put a percentage of your money, even if it's you know $10, just like building that experience of putting your money to work for you and seeing when it comes up, feeling what that feels like, and then dropping yourself back into the present. And it's like, <laughs> pause, breathe before the reaction. And that's like true, right? With anything is if we want to break the inherent reaction cycle within the best thing we can do is drop back to our breath and the present moment. That's exactly right. And you just described the process that you would do for anything that you wanted to change anything, eating or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to repeat this. I wrote this down, but I feel like this is really significant and important is you said we're always either recreating the past or creating a new future. Mm -hmm. Every moment the world is binary. Yeah. So what do you see um, when we think about, so when one more round about these beliefs, right? When you think about the person who is wealth conscious or has money neutrality, maybe is what we should be using versus lack and scarcity conscious. Like how, how could someone identify the difference within themselves so that they, they know, (laughs) They know where where they're at on the spectrum. Uh, that's that's easy because that's you're gonna feel that in your body. So if you are standing at the grocery store and going, that's too expensive, or if someone tells you they bought something and you go, oh my gosh, you know that that's so much money. Like when you feel it and it and it sort of like causes you to sort of like go back, then that that's when you're gonna know. You're also going to know on the flip side in money neutrality, like it's funny because like when I was uh, in my corporate career in finance, like they would always like send me to like these dinner parties with, with people. And I never really understood why, you know, in the beginning, but then it became clear to me that it didn't matter if I was sitting next to the billionaire that owned the building, or if I was sitting next to his best friend that came along because he has no place to live. There's no difference. And so that energy was felt and people pick up on that. And, and, you know, we were talking about doing like big, massive deals and things like that. And it's just, there's a palpable ease that you actually can bring to the room, to your environment, all of that when you practice money neutrality. So it's not just about your life. It is going to radiate from you and it is going to make you more money because your clients are going to feel it. 
They feel it. Do not kid yourself. When you think if you're sharing the price about your product and you're not practicing money neutrality, they are picking up on that energy and we're only getting more and more energetically in tune. And so if you don't figure this out now, it is only going to get more difficult for you. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And I just feel like people being able to start to recognize that within themselves and see that it doesn't, I used to think it had to be like these big grand things in order to start to shift my relationship. Yeah. And I understand that it's, it's not, I mean, it, you may, that may be a result is these big shifts, like what I had last week, but it's, it's the settling in and the micro shifts in the moment that have made a difference. And I feel like, so Elizabeth's program, the spiritual investor, which, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, it's such an amazing community that she's cultivated. But one thing that I feel like you've done really well in the program is give people digestible, both very practical that support the mind and very spiritual, like the energetics of money and cultivating and shifting that relationship. So you merge the two so that it feels really doable, right? Because someone who's like all mind and understands like the very masculine energy of money and like, they just think they need to do more, earn more, work harder. It might, it would be hard to just be like money's energy. (laughs) And someone who's really spiritual might have resistance to the really, you know, the more masculine energetic, like not energetic, but practical steps. So the way you've merged the two, I think really supports people who are on the spiritual journey, Mm -hmm. but using those practices with money. How, how do you see it? Like what in your program, the spiritual, we're calling, you're calling it the spiritual investor program, right? Mm -hmm. So in that, like, how do you see people who start, right? When they join, right? When does registration open? 222? Mm-hmm. Our magical portal? 222? Yes. <laughs> so you guys, if you're interested, we'll have all the links in, um, in that to, um, to join and learn more about it. But when people join versus when they go through phase one, right? Because we do multiple phases, how do you see them shifting their understanding of money, their relationship with money, their energy around money? Yeah, such a great question. And you described you described it to a T as well, right? The, it's really the merging of money manifestation with real world finance. And so it's really for, and the, the people who, who really find us and are so in the energy of it are people who they're just bored to death with like the, the straight up money, like you said, in the masculine with it, the calculations, the, all of that, right? But they also realize that money manifestation is only going to get them so far because you, we live in a 3D world. So you can visualize all you want, but you've got to give it a container, right? So then investing account, you've got to be able to make decisions. You need to know, am I going to buy a short-term rental or should I put that money in the market, Right. So it's, it's the coming together um, of those two. So to answer your question about, you know, people coming in and sort of going through the phases and how do they change? 
When I first started running this three years ago, I was much more in the masculine with it because I have such a strong finance background, even though I have a spiritual background as, as well. I was just like not sort of up to par with the balance of it myself. And so module one was all about numbers and everything. And I was like, "Mm, this is not working. This is not happening here. So I started talking to the students and started getting feedback. We do a lot of forms and, you know, asking questions. And it was very apparent that like, you know, coming in, look, people are trying to come from their lives. They've got kids, they're busy, they're trying to run a business, you know, who knows where they are in their journey of that growth in their business, right? Sometimes they're struggling. Sometimes they're, you know, have tons of money in the bank. So it's like you, we start in a way that a lot of it in the beginning is really based on forgiving yourself for not doing all of these things in the past and for not being further along, for not making that right decision five years ago for all of that, because that's just slowing you down. And so we we begin with that, which is a predecessor to money neutrality. You can't tell yourself, oh, you know what? That stuff doesn't matter. We really have to lead into that. So we do a lot of coaching around that. And we do sort of like almost like a gentle step in of that. Uh, And then we really start to talk to you about clarity with money, which isn't so numbers heavy. It's more of like changing your relationship with money, setting the bar higher, kind of the stuff that we talked about here. And then once you start to get a little bit more comfortable and sort of start to wade into the water, then we teach you the basics of investing. Like what, what's an ETF or, you know, should you go out there? Should you be investing in the energy industry now or the tech industry? You know, things like that. We really try and address the questions that are stopping people more so. This is not about, hey, I feel like you need to know all this information. This is about, because, uh, you know, the market is real time. So it's like, what information do you need to know right now? What percentage of your portfolio do you want to have in crypto? And is that truly a wealth plan? Should you buy real estate right now, right? The market's high. There's like all of these questions that are looming in people's minds that stop them in their tracks. And if all we do is get people that like that next step on their journey and open them up and set them up for money neutrality, that is amazing because that opens a whole new gateway for them, but they have to be ready to step into it as well. You know, they have to be able to, um, really step into the responsibility of, I want this. You know, I want to be an investor. I want to have money work for me, you know? So that's part of it too. You do have to be ready for it. Well, and that gets back to what you said earlier, which was why do we look at someone who got instant money and we feel like we've missed out and we don't look at our long-term investments and feel like we're missing out. And so, I mean, if that's the only takeaway, it's like, let's, what's been fun for me with your program. And I'm like, I'm like the constant evolution. <laughs> I do Elizabeth's program every time it runs. And each time it's just, a, it's a deep relationship. And I've had a lot of unlearning and shedding to do and yeah. becoming patient with myself around it. But at the very least, like, I just feel so happy to know that every month, we have our automated things. Like John has his automated money. He didn't even have, I don't want to talk about it. He didn't even have a 401k. 
or excuse me, um, a Roth IRA. So yeah. like he has his stuff going out and then he has his company 401k going out maxed out. And then I have like my crypto money going out every month. And then I have my Roth and my stuff. So it's like, it just feels good that as I'm understanding this relationship, like at each time I go through the program, like I get deeper into my own relationship with money, but it was like the very first time I'm like, okay, I'm going to make sure we have the automations going because then as your relationship with money grows and becomes more neutral, everything's set up and then you can be like, okay, I'm just going to up this, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. fun. And you, you help us create this, like the, my two biggest takeaways have been releasing shame. Mm -hmm. I mean, that has been one of my biggest, I had so much shame around debt and now I still have some debt, but Elizabeth, the shame is it's gone. And I'm like, it will be paid up. Like I will pay it. There's no question. I trust myself. Yes, I know. (laughs) People feel so bad about debt yet. What does society do? It sort of sets you up for it. Every commercial, every credit card, every it's like, Oh, money's so cheap right now. Not to mention the fact that cost of living now is high. Like your parents didn't live in this world. So all the principles that they taught you, they might be right, but they really don't apply now because they their, their cost of living was a fraction. So what you're saying is so important is that you've automated it. You've gotten into that spot. You've gotten yourself into a position where you feel so good about it now. And that's what people don't realize. They think that like saving long-term is about the future. It's actually not. The ease that you feel now is, is you've just shared that. So it's like, it, 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 we have to disconnect the time in the conversation because subconsciously, if you're not investing or putting something away for retirement or even putting money into an emergency fund or planning for a vacation, if you're not doing that subconsciously, you're in fear. There's some level of fear. You cannot ignore your own sense of survival. Yeah. And then you end up being in that you're hiding from it. Right. And you're trying to run away from it and you're avoiding it. And that's, that's not neutrality. Right. It's like now I, we have, this is so fun, but like we have money in like an emergency fund and we have, we got our tax bill for the house, right. For the yearly taxes. And I'm like, I have the money for that. Like that is planned for right and like it's not a stress and like I whereas in the past like even if we had the money I'd be like oh god I don't want that four thousand dollars to leave my account but now I'm like great that's ready you know we have our investments and but that wasn't possible really until I started releasing the shame so like I set the automations up with the shame but then as the shame has released like I swear I just feel (laughs) this is so hard to explain but it's like I feel more abundant and then I see more abundance. Like I'm investing in a, a program and I've been prepping for that. Like, so I, I'll have the money. Whereas in the past, I would put it on the credit card and get the money later. But I'm like, I'm it. But all of that was by releasing the shame. And like you said earlier is in the neutrality, you're looking for the openings. So like then I'm seeing these new opportunities for money or people show up in my life or something costs a thousand dollars less than I expected. And that's to me feels more like what it means to be in neutrality and in the flow. 
versus in the fear and the scarcity and the holding, right? The holding, the gripping that. You're exactly right. And that is, yes, that is the flow of it. And notice part of your conversation wasn't, oh, I just made an extra $100,000. You have more money flowing into your life, but notice that the income part of it wasn't part of the equation. That's what people have to realize. And like, even my mind's blowing right now. It's like, yes, it's true. And it's like, oh, (laughs) how is that true? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where that trust piece. And then of course, like being in I mean, I will recommend Elizabeth's program up and down, left and right, night and day. It's my favorite thing to talk about because I needed, I needed, I honestly, I needed more of the structure, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? I needed the structure so that my flowiness had something to flow within, right? Like the riverbed and your program really hits all of those notes in a way that I just don't see that out there. And I think if you're ever, if you're feeling afraid of money or you think that investing is not for you, or you don't want to look at your money or you make a lot of money, but you just keep it in an account because you don't want it to go away. Like if you're any of those type of people, mm-hmm. or if you know, you feel bad about wanting more money because then it's taking away from someone else. Like Elizabeth's, the spiritual investor program is hands down. Like it's, it's going to, I almost cuss. I will. It's going to fucking change your life because, (laughs) (laughs) because that's what we're so desperately needing. And we need the conversation around, not just the masculine structured side of money, but where does your intuition come in? Where does your inner voice come into play? Where is play? Where is fun? And my favorite thing about you, Elizabeth, is like every time we talk about money, I'm like, not only does it feel possible, it feels fun, it feels light, and it feels probable. It's like, well, duh, uh-huh. because your view, your neut- neutral and also wealth mindset, you're like, well, there's plenty of money. Yeah, that's not the problem. The money's not the problem. funny because you just I just realized that you know how they always tell like people when they you go to train your dog and they're like no the dog's not the problem <laughs> it's totally the same thing say it again for the people in the back <laughs> exactly yeah yeah and and thank you so much for I mean like I mean just being part of your journey on this and seeing this is like so amazing and one of the things I love about your journey in this is that um, it helps me a lot to see, because I would not consider you necessarily like a numbers person. So it, it really, really, I love seeing that you and your success in the program, even the fact that you're not a numbers person, you're not dying to, to jump into a spreadsheet. And so for all the people out there who feel like they're bad with money or not good with numbers, like I feel like those people get left on the sideline you know, with just feeling like this is, or or can I even do this? You know, Um, I wouldn't say there's anything difficult about the program. Would you, I mean, it's not. No, no. and you do a good job at kind of like weighting us in and, uh, you know, that like with the numbers. So I manage the finances in our house, but like John wants to know, and that was something that was always hard for me in the past was like, I didn't want to know the numbers, but with the tools that you give us, I can be like, look, and then I actually get a little bit excited. And I feel proud that I can speak to him 
um, intelligently about this. So it's like, I have a knowing and then I can apply my knowing to like, and get numbers out of it and then show John. And then he's like on board. So that is really helpful too. (laughs) Oh my God. That just makes my whole world. Cause I remember when you first joined and you were like, I want to, you know, invest more. And I want to, to really my husband to sort of, you know, see me as, you know, more of like capable in terms of that. Right. Oh my God, you, you've completely done that. And I'll never forget the day that you called me or you sent me a message and you're like, I think there's a mistake in my investing account. There's too much money in there. Remember that? You know what? You've been practicing money neutrality for a long time. Cause that was probably like a year or two years ago when you said that. And I was, I'll never forget that. I was like, where did like, this isn't possible. Like, the numbers didn't add up. Right. I'm like, wait. And then, of course that was a beautiful example. Cause I think that was probably in 2020. Right. So like the stock market did really well. Yeah. And yeah. I like, I'm like this, look at all this money. And how fun. <laughs> this is fun. I know. And I rarely look at my, I mean, I don't look at them very often. So I, I don't have that attachment to like them going up and down. Like for me, yeah. all that money is just like, mm-hmm. it's going to grow. Like it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh God, that that was so great because you've automatically been putting it in there, right? Yeah. And then there it goes. I know. Like, you know, and I don't look at <clears throat> I'm not really checking my money on a regular basis either. Like some people might think. I look at the market a lot because I teach money, but I'm not, you know, I don't need to worry about it. Like you say, it's just gonna grow, right? I love it. Wow, what a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you, Elizabeth. And we, we kind of just like dove in. So thank you all for listening. It's, I mean, those are almost more fun because it's the organic flow of conversation. I think it almost follows more human nature than the traditional interview. So thank you for flowing with me, Elizabeth. And yeah. So tell us, um, your free series and I'll put this in the intro too. So when people listen, but how can they find you on Instagram? What is your free series coming up? And when does your spiritual investor program open? Uh, find me on Instagram at Elizabeth Ralph and uh, get ready for some animal stuff too. So it's pretty much um, money, spirituality, and animals. Wouldn't you say, Dana? Uh, Dana's in love yeah. with uh, Pippi, my rabbit. So I love her rabbit. I love I Lucy, the cow. Yes. Oh my gosh, Bailey. Um, all, you'll get to know all of her animals. And yeah. honestly, like uh, we were talking about this too, is Elizabeth also is such an embodiment of, it's like sh- living the life that she desires through the new neutrality. I mean, she has a horse restaurant. I'll link up our other podcast episode where we talk more about that, yes. but you'll get like all the beautiful money tips and then all of these beautiful scenes from her ranch and all of her animals. She rescued a hawk the other day. I could just cry. Like she's the best story. So it's both, it's, what do they call it? Um, edutainment is what you offer very well. Oh, I've never heard that. I love that. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Oh uh, yeah. So, uh, so that's, uh, Instagram. And then, you can also get the uh, wealth building series, which I think you're going to put a link here for that, right, Dana, for the wealth building series. So uh, once a year, we I, I do some crazy, uh, you know, videos based on how you can get to the next level with your money. And I say crazy because 
Some of them have like horses in them and they have bloopers and they have all kinds of stuff. Uh, really the goal with this series is to take you to the, to your next level with money. And so I would definitely download that. It's really only available for, I don't know, it's like maybe a week and a half. Uh, and then we're going to open the program. We only open the program a couple, couple times a year. So we're going to open it again, uh, 222. So uh, get on the list for that and you'll get all the details about that. Again, you know, you can, Dan is going to give you a link here. And then, uh, yeah, we, uh, if you want to go deeper on this stuff, like this, it's, it's, it's a magical journey. That is for sure. And I'm really looking forward to, cause I'm different too. You know, every time I run this and every round, some people have done five rounds now. And that's another thing is that it's sort of like a structure that keeps going. It's not like a program where you go through it and then you're done. You're going to keep going through the spiritual investor program. Wouldn't you say Dana over and oh, over? Yeah. We you keep, got to. Yeah. We keep changing it. We keep <laughs> adding things to it. Like, you know, now then we're incorporating, like um, we did the real estate wor- workshop the other day. I think you went to that Dana. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do some stuff. Uh, we've got some amazing bonuses too coming up with this, like crypto, um, we're even going to be talking a little bit about human design inside of the program this time. Awesome. So yeah, I know. I we've got, yeah. Any, anything we do Kundalini yoga. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's anything that is going to build up your money system, you know, yeah. uh, for sure. I do the here. What, what intelligence meditation, what, oh, yeah. the addiction, the addiction. Yeah. <laughs> she helps. I mean, it's so fun. And then all these beautiful workshops, it's, it's, it's really a beautiful community that she's created. And this episode, it's the 16th that you're listening to it. And that means the five-day series just opened or the wealth building workshop just opened. And so if you click the link in, um, in our show notes, do you, what, do you know the URL off the top of your head? Mm, uh, no, I don't. I'll put it in the show notes, yeah. y'all, and just click that link, and you'll get instant access to that. And then, when you're ready to join the program, you'll be on the wait list, and that opens on the 22nd. That amazing 222 portal. <laughs> it's good. It's like so perfect that you're opening it then. I know. I uh, do. I was amplified. Like, oh, it's perfect. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's so amazing. Well, Elizabeth, thank you for sharing your wealth of wisdom, oh. and the stories and the conversation. And I know our episodes, when we do them together, they always go long, but I just think there's so many nuggets and valuable pieces that thank you everyone for listening all the way through. I know that even like mentally, but also like you'll have an energetic shift by being present with this conversation. I agree. Yes. And thank you for holding the space. You and I are like, uh, we're a co-creative process with this, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I just so appreciate you. I told you, you're the light. You're always the light. That's mm-hmm. what. That's how I describe you. You're amazing. Thank you. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Tuning In Podcast. As always, if this would resonate with anyone you know, please share the episode. You can follow along with my journey on Instagram at Dana underscore Evans, or find me on my website at alignful.com.